don't make excuses for myself. I definitely don't quit for better or for worse, you know, um, when, yeah, even when I probably should have, when I'm feeling a little sick and I, I get the work done and I put my head down and I don't really think it was, I think it was years of kind of being extremely consistent, um, that I've been able to see some really fantastic progress. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, really overcoming those things and being last. I know that at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on myself. I know that I have a lot of heart. Hi, Coach Mike Ritchie here for the D3 Multisport Podcast, Trust the Process. In this week's episode, we have D3 athlete Mia Keller. Mia is coached by uh, Coach Dave Shannon. If maybe you've listened to his podcast uh, a couple weeks back, Dave's a great, great coach and has made a lot of uh, headway and progress with Mia. Mia came to Dave as a member of the uh, uh, CU triathlon team. And in, I think, her first Olympic distance race, Mia ended up literally finishing dead last. And uh, she talks about that in the podcast. And then um, a couple years later, she goes on to uh, actually set the age group record at Ironman Indiana in the 18 to 24 division and get a slot to Kona. And then just recently, she uh, raced Ironman Florida and uh, qualified again for Ironman World Championships in Nice, which, you know, it's, it's a big, big, uh, long road to hoe. And she certainly did a great job um, accomplishing that and, and working hard with Dave to, to reach her goals. Uh, on, on a bigger note, uh, Mia has uh, UC, which is, you know, known as colitis. And she talks about, you know, having to deal with it and race with it. And there are certain days and, you know, weeks that she has a hard time training just because of the disease. And uh, it's really interesting. And, you know, we're hoping that over time there'll be a cure for this. And, and she certainly is done a better job managing it but it's a great story um she's definitely someone uh you're gonna root for she's one of those people that has it in her mind that she's gonna do well and uh, personally i love people like that they have a no quit attitude like many of our many 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 of our athletes um they come with that attitude and if they're willing to do the work we could certainly help them reach their goals me is just another example but uh, hers is an amazing story please listen it listen to it um, share it with your friends, give it a follow, give it a like. If you have any comments, you know, please send me a note and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Hi, Coach Mike Ritchie here with the D3 Multisport Podcast, and I'm joined today by Mia Keller. Thank you for joining us, Mia. Thank you for having me. Mia is a two-time uh, Kona qualifier, and um, she just mentioned to me that she is the course record holder for 18 to 24 for Ironman Indiana, which was a one-time race. So that's a pretty cool, um, accolade there. Um, so what have you been up to lately? I know you just did Ironman Florida and you said you're getting, kind of getting back into training and, yeah. um, you got a half marathon on your, on your radar, right? So, um, let's go back. Cause I mean, I know some things about your past and, um, you know, you didn't start at the top of the charts and what was your background growing up in terms of sports? Yeah, so I I did sports when I was younger, like elementary school. Um, I played soccer for a lot of years. I um, I played volleyball. I played a little bit of softball, and then come middle school, I decided I didn't really want to exercise anymore. Um, I went to an art school. We didn't have gym. Uh, then by the time I got to high school, I decided taking gym was super scary. So I joined the swim team. 
Nice. And then did you feel like you did pretty good in swimming right away? Definitely not. I learned to swim when I was 14, when I was a freshman in high school. I, um, my mom put me in some swim lessons to uh, learn the basics, which was a 200 without stopping and a 25 of every stroke. Um, I remember that first season, our coaches put me in the 500 free. Um, and if you've ever been to a high school swim meet, you know, you have the dive break right before the 500 free. And I spent the whole dive break in tears because I was absolutely terrified that I would not be able to swim a 500. Right. So um, let's back up a second. So I would say as a 14 year old freshman high school, wearing a bathing suit, going to the Mm -hmm. pool, what is worse than that? Right. Like everybody's looking at you and, you know, obviously you get to dive in and not lose your goggles and all this stuff. Right. So my daughter joined the swim team as a freshman, didn't really swim club a couple summers, but nothing serious. Um, Same thing. Uh, last year, she's a sophomore, came to me like at three o'clock. She had to swim at five o'clock. She was like, dad, they put me in the 500. I'm like, yeah, go swim it. So what? And she hated it. Absolute tears. I don't want to do it. I said, just do it. It'll make you a stronger, better person and all this stuff. And uh, she actually had a PR in the hundred at the end of the year. And I said, that was part of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's to overcoming the challenge of like, this absolutely sucks. And, you know, even mm-hmm. as an adult, if someone said, you know, do a couple of 500, you're kind of like, that's kind of long. So it's mm-hmm. never, it's never fun, that stuff, but that's great. That's great. You overcame it. And then did you continue all the way through high school with the swimming? I did. I continued. I swam all four years. I swam over the summer. Um, I was able to get fast enough to be an alternate at state my senior wow. year. Um, and then. What kind of time was that? Did you have to get to like a 530? Um, not in the 500, actually in the, um, four by 100 relay. Nice. Um, but That's still right, a fast time. it was, I think I was going about a, a 102 at that point. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then right before that state meet, I was a big skier as well. Growing up, I mm-hmm. actually crashed, tore my ACL, oh. tore my MCL, um, couldn't race at state. I think, you know, I was a senior in high school and I was skipping school. So maybe the universe punished me a little bit for that decision. Um, (laughs) But I don't think without that happening, I would have discovered triathlon. Wow. Um, Because a lot of the rehab was was biking, relearning how to run. And then I went, wait, I can do these three sports. Let's put them together. That's awesome. So did you do a triathlon uh, before you went to college or first year of college? Mm-hmm, I did. I did try for the cure, which used to happen at a Cherry Creek Reservoir in Denver. Yeah. And then you got to see you. Did, mm-hmm. And did you join the team right away or did you wait a couple of years? I didn't. I joined a sorority right out of the gate. Oh, nice. Didn't love it. Um, but at the same time, I had a, a high school friend who was on the triathlon team. So I figured, let's try this. I know at least one person. Awesome. And then, um, so tell me what happened in your first race, your very first triathlon, um, going out to, it was in, in Vegas, right? Or, um, Lake Mead mm-hmm. was a swim. Lake, it's Boulder yeah. City, I think. Yeah. So that was my first Olympic. It was, oh. um, yep. It was at Lake Mead. That was my third try ever. Um, and it was an awesome experience. You know, I had a great time racing with the team. Um, we drove out to Lake Mead, which is like a 14, 15 hour drive. So you get a lot of bonding experience with your totally. teammates. Um, and it was, it's a really challenging course. The swim is in Lake Mead, which is pretty cold. Um, and then the bike, it's a split transition. So the bike is 
pretty much uphill. Mm -hmm. um, you get a big climb and then the 10K run, you go downhill and then back up. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was dead last <laughs> at that race. Like I got the pity clap. <laughs> So I guess my, um, I mean, I've had, I've had athletes and friends finish races when they were breaking down the finish area, like, right. Mm -hmm. So that's just one of those things. Uh, but you know, Hey, you can go back to that swim meet, that first swim meet and say, if I can do that, I can do this. Right. So just that mental right. toughness. Did you, um, so did, did that motivate you to train more? And then the next year you're like, heck that, you know, heck with that, I'm going to get better and see what I can do and help the team. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think I've always had a really strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't make excuses for myself. I definitely don't quit for better or for worse, you know. Um, even, yeah, even when I probably should have, when I'm feeling a little sick and I, I get the work done, I put my head down and I don't really think it was, I think it was years of kind of being extremely consistent um, that I've been able to see some really fantastic progress. That's awesome. Um, I, yeah, really overcoming those things and being last. I know that at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on myself. Love it. I know that I have a lot of heart. Right. Do you, do you have a moment like maybe not in a swim workout, but a, like a run with the team or a, a group ride where you thought I can hang with these people? Like you kind of saw the the door open to like, these are the fast people on the team and I'm right here. It might be at the tail end of the group, but I, I can hang in here. Did you ever feel like that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, and I think I still have those moments where oh, some days I do still feel like that person who is mm -hmm. at the back of the pack, who is one of the last finishers. Um, and I, I think it's still motivating to be like, Oh yeah, I'm here because I, I deserve to be here. Cause I put in the work, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably started in the same position you did or back of the pack and all that stuff. And, uh, was a ball sport kid growing up and all that. But I know that, uh, I, I could, t I can feel what you're talking about because I've been in that situation where you're on the start line and you look around and you're like, these guys have never been next to last. Like I've been next to last in regional cross country in college and like, like, okay, how do I get better at this? Right. I can just quit, which is easy. Or I can say, I'll work my ass off. And then let's see what I can do. Right. And so that that's motivating. And you look around the start line, you're like, nobody here has had to go through what I went through. Right. So that's, what's in your mind. And then you're like, I'm going to kick 98% of this field's butt today. Right. Like that's how you feel. Right. So that's awesome. Do you, um, so when did you kind of make a mark on the team and you started moving up? Was that your junior year or. Um, a little bit, you know, I, I think I definitely got better on the team. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there was ever, you know, a, a breakthrough race. I never did particularly well um, in the collegiate field. I just don't think I had quite enough years to. Right. And, and you're dealing with the best kids in the country on your team. Yeah. Right? But I so... think when I started racing longer distances um, and, and really focusing on my bike and run, because I did have the swim background, I think, to to hang on, even when I was racing collegiate, I began to see myself finishing towards that front group. Um, and after my first Ironman, I thought, what if I, what if I go for Kona? I think I yeah. can do it. 
What was so? So what was your first, was your first race um, Arizona? First Arizona. Yes. Okay. And how did that go? Like what were I your had times? So much fun. I want to say I went like twelve forty five or something. Yeah, I mean not um, terrible, but you know, obviously not with the idea that you can go a sub eleven or close to a Kona time, right? I mean that's just yeah. But like yeah. I had so much fun, and I think that's kind of how I. I knew I, I was working with a different coach at the time and mm -hmm. he told me, he's like, well, this isn't meant to be fun. You're not going to have fun. That's right. not what it's supposed to be. And I didn't like that. Like I get to do this. This is my hobby. This is my choice. And ultimately when you're happier, you're going to race better. Totally. No, I agree. I agree. I, you know, I, I always just go back to this. I have a Ben and Jerry's cycling shirt that says, if, you, mm -hmm. if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Right. Yeah. So, you know, the process has to be fun. The intervals on the track have to be fun. The interval, the reps in the pool, mm -hmm. the grind to Jamestown, the grind to ward where you're like the, in the mm -hmm. wind, your hands are cold, you know, all of it. And you're just like, it's still fun. Like I'm challenging myself. Can I get through this? And I can't wait to go home and have whatever, like my favorite food or hot chocolate, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I mean, you know how it is, you know, even in April, riding up to, to Ward sometimes, you, you get back and you're just frozen, right? But it's fun. Like you talk about it, you're like, that was fun. And I can't wait to do it again. Hopefully better weather, right? So exactly. I, I think that, um, yeah, that's great. It's a great mindset. And then, um, so uh, did, you do, did you do that first Ironman while you still in college or had you graduated? I was still in college okay. and then I went for my second when I was in law school and that Got was it. at Indiana. And that must've been hard to balance. That was a lot. Yeah. I, so was that Indiana? That was Indiana. Um, awesome. But I, I think it helped me in a way get through law school. That's obviously both something else to focus work. on. Something else to focus on having kind of a set routine outside of school, mm -hmm. getting excited about something outside of school. Cause especially your second year, you're really in the thick of it. It feels like, you know, it's trying to weed you out right at that point. Harder. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and sort of having this other big goal really kind of helped put things in perspective and, and keep me grounded. Right. Love it. Um, and then, so was that 10 months later that you did that or was that a year plus later? You know, I feel like COVID really affected my yeah, it's timeline. That was, was 2021. So that was okay, a, Indiana was 21, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And yeah. so then you had a good, you know, almost, almost two years, right. To, to mm -hmm. improve. So and so what were your, what were your times at Indiana? Uh, I went 1109 at Indiana wow. Wow. Um, and I had a probably as close to a perfect day as I've ever had in a race. I mean, I had a, a solid swim, a solid bike, and I, I negative split the run by about wow. 30 seconds. So I had, wow. yeah, really I, a, a model day. I think that I haven't quite been able to, to get to, even though I went faster at Florida very slightly, mm -hmm. um, which I think is a cool sign of improvement. You know, I didn't have my best day at Florida and I still went faster than my so-called perfect day. Right. Plus an ocean swim is, you know, a little bit to, it, it's not as fast, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure there are more people in Florida, right? So in Definitely. the race itself. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've talked to athletes before about that. And there's just, um, there's something to that piece of the drafting where it just plays with you mentally that, okay, this group went by me. Do I go? Do I stay? Do I stay at the back? Am I going to get drafted? I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and I think mentally you have to be prepared for that. And, and even obviously you've done Kona, so you know 
that you get out of the water and there's 200 people that bike the same speed as you. And you're not used to that in a regular race. Like you go to a small race, you bike off the front or you do really well. And even in a, you know, even a half 70.3, they're, they're not that many people that are going to ride with you. Right. Like, it's just like, wow, this is crazy. Like this, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm just staying with these 15 people the entire day, which is just wild. Right. And a little humbling, I think, in a good way. (laughs) I think that's right. I think that's right. And you think about it, like, okay, I'm going to get in the weight room more. I'm going to get stronger on the bike. I'm going to pull my miles in. Yeah, and you make those incremental improvements. So, yeah, so take me through Florida. It sounds like it was a pretty exciting day. Yeah, it was a really fun day. Um, The swim was, uh, like you said, it was an ocean swim, which this was the first race I've done, I guess, besides Kona, that was an ocean swim. Um, A lot of jellyfish. It was a two-loop course. Um, but honestly, beautiful. It's something really amazing about being able to see where your hand is in the water, which we don't mm-hmm. always have right. uh, here, in, here in Colorado, <laughs> Boulder Res. Um, but yeah, so beautiful. You go around the pier, it's two loops. When you get out of the water, there's a ton of crowd support. Um, I, I really liked the bike. The roads were pretty newly paved. So it was a fast course. It was flat. Um, you could stay arrow for probably 98% of it. Um, and this was the first full where I was really, I was so dialed. I was able to stay in that arrow position for all of it. Yeah. You had um, a great bike, but like five seventeen or five twenty three, five twenty three. 23. Yeah. yeah this fine. was about a 20 to 30 minute PR on the bike. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Just, yeah. Huge. Um, I felt so strong. Um, and then the run is um, pretty much two out and backs along that. Yep frontage road that they have there. So um, there's stuff to look at. There's people to see. Um, And the first lap went really well. I did the whole thing by feel, um, by heart rate, just stayed within my zone. Um, And then the second lap is where things got tough, get tough, which they always do in an Ironman. But um, I had some stomach issues creep up around 15 or 16. And I stopped at the bathroom and nothing really helped. And so it was a, a split second decision of, do I try to, you know, make myself throw up maybe, right? or do I just keep making forward progress until it calms down? So what Um, did you decide to do? I decided forward is forward is a pace. Um, yeah. Just kept walking, trying to, to get my stomach to calm down. And I reached that last turnaround and um, I saw my boyfriend, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it's always a boost to see someone, you know, but he's like, you're in sixth, the girl in front of you is maybe is five minutes ahead of you. And I think you can catch her. And by that point, things were sort of starting to calm down. And, you know, that's where that resilience comes in that same you know, I know I can do this. I'm going to bet on myself. And I was like, okay, I got to go. I want this slot to Nice. And I ran it in and I ran the last five or six miles at the same pace. I ran the first 15. Wow. Awesome. Um, I was able to catch her and I, I got that fifth place podium spot by, I think 90 seconds, wow. maybe less. It's a minute per mile over a 10, you know, it's six and a half miles, but a minute per mile, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty substantial. And then, you know, the quads are burning and the whole thing and your mind's telling you stop. And you're like, mm-hmm. nope, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. That's awesome. So what, so talk a little bit about your stomach issues. I know you, it's a bigger thing and it's been going on for a long time. 
Yeah, yeah. So in uh, 2020, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, mm-hmm. which is pretty similar to, to Crohn's disease, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, your body mistakes the good bacteria in your colon for an infection and it fights it. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, normal stomach upset systems, symptoms are amplified. When you have it, I, I call it UC for short. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think when I was diagnosed, I, kn- I didn't know any other triathletes who had it. And I think now, three, almost four years later, I still only know one other person, maybe two. Um, and it's it's hard. It can be debilitating at times. You know, there's some days where I feel normal and there's other days where, um, you know, I'm in the courtroom, I'm an attorney and I have to ask the judge if I can do direct examination while seated because it hurts me to stand up. Um, do you have, um, I, I mean, I'm sure you've knocked out different foods that have probably mm-hmm. caused it. I mean, you're still probably, you know, figuring this part out, right? Mm-hmm. Very yeah. much still learning. And, and, and you had no indication of this growing up, right? Like you got to be 20 something years old with no issue, right? Yeah. I really thought strange. I had food poisoning, didn't mm-hmm. go away, went to the hospital and. Got diagnosed. So is there any medication you can take that helps or is that just kind of throw everything else off track? Yep. So I self-inject with a biologic, which helps every other week, Mm -hmm. um, which Dave has been really great about is kind of knowing that this might affect my workouts and we have to plan around it a little bit. Um, But I, I think there is a lot of stigma still around irritable bowel diseases and Mm -hmm. talking about our guts. I think it's better in endurance sports. I think people are willing to talk about it a little bit more, but I, I want to be the person who's sharing my story and then hopefully other people who have this or similar conditions can look at me and go, I can do this too. This doesn't have to hold me back. Right. And maybe that's the reason why you haven't met any other triathletes because it is a stigma that like, I don't want mm-hmm. people to know I deal with this. I just have a bad stomach issue or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Sometimes so it's gross. It's embarrassing, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's it a bodily function is. though. And you know, at this point we yeah. should be okay to say <laughs> I've got we a problem. Should. Do you, um, do you, so do you cut out gluten or dairy or anything like that or just... What? Dairy's a no. Um, I can't do a lot of raw veggies. Mm, interesting. Most raw veggies, skin on things. Is, is it just difficult. the fiber, you think? I think so. Things that yeah. are, are a little bit harder to digest. I try to eliminate as much as possible. And even now I'm still learning, you know, things, a, a lot of ingredients in sports nutrition are fairly artificial. Right. Um, and those can trigger it. So did I make a nutrition mistake at, at Florida? I'm still trying to kind of process of elimination, figure that out. I think, you know, I could have eaten something my gut didn't like, or it could have just been, you know, kind of a fluke thing. We all, even people who don't have IBD have bad stomach days. So. Right. So do you think, do you, um, so do you have like a pretty much all non-processed uh, nutrition plan for race day or in normal day in every day, basically, or are there some processed things you can take in? 
there's some processed things I can take in. I do really well with Bobo bars. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because they're vegan and they're processed, but not to the point of being unrecognizable. Right. Um, the Morton gels have been good. Scratch products have been good. Mm. Um, but like I said, I'm still, I still don't think I've hit that perfect nutrition plan yet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that's definitely a goal I have for niece is getting that dialed as much as possible. What about day-to-day? Does it affect you day-to-day if you, like you said, obviously in the courtroom, things can go Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, So like if you go out to eat and stuff like that, like Mm -hmm. at a restaurant, you have to really be careful of what you order, what restaurant you go to. Yeah. Okay. And then if if I said to you, okay, three days of just eating at home and just preparing all your meals, do you think you could avoid it? Or do you think sometimes it still pops up? No, I think it still pops up. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's it's very... um it has a mind of its own. Sometimes I, I know a lot of, um, a lot of people that I've read on like, you know, forums and I, I was in a support group for a while, um, for people with Crohn's and UC and there's still so much they don't know, you know, especially when we're talking about an illness that doesn't have a cure. Right. I think that everybody who has it is still undergoing some sort of trial and error for their right. own. And, and it's like you said, there's a stigma attached to it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe there's not enough funding to, and it could go faster if there was actually funding mm-hmm. to help people. Right. It's not like, you know, cancer people are going to go after. And that's always the, the thing. But this is, you know, it's an everyday thing. I mean, this is not mm-hmm. obviously not as bad as cancer, but still, I mean, it disrupts your whole life. I Absolutely. Mean, in, in a different way. Right. So, wow. Well, that's, oh, thanks for sharing that story. I mean, that's, um, mm. that's a hard one, right? It's, um, I hope you can keep narrowing down what the things are that really bug you. And we check back and you're like, yeah, I've got it at 99%, right? Like just, if you, if you had to put it at a percentage, like, you know, if you have 30 days in a month, how many days are, are good ones and how many bad days would you have typically? I would say it's a 30 day month. 10 to 15 are, are tougher days, depending on so, the month. Oh, wow. So almost a, so a third to a half. A third to a half. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So if yeah. I'm coaching master sometimes and you have to get out of the water, I know that you're having a little problem. And it's not a big deal. <laughs> yes. I mean, and, and some workouts are great. I had, a, although some, some are harder. Like I had a tempo on Tuesday where I had to stop during the warm up and the cool down. Yeah. Um, to get it figured out. But like I said, I think it, it comes back to that adversity piece. And it, it was really challenging in the beginning as someone who doesn't like excuses mm-hmm. for myself is to realize that, no, this is not an excuse. This is a very real limitation that I have to work through with my body. Um, and that's okay. You know, totally I think okay. I would have been a lot harder on myself at Florida, you know, a couple years ago with or without a diagnosis, but that's just, you know, I think growing up and, and learning about yourself and realizing like, this is okay. I gave the day everything I had. And sometimes you can't fully control what your body does, but you got to celebrate the victories, whatever they are. Totally. You know, I heard something a few weeks ago and it's just like, give yourself the grace Mm -hmm. to be okay with it. Right. Like just be like, this is the best I have. And, and, Mm -hmm. 
I have no excuses. I did everything I can here. So that's, that's really important. And I will say for, um, being 24, is that right? 24, 25, 25, mm-hmm. very mature. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's amazing that, you know, uh, I mean, you know, you're a couple of years out of college and you're putting all this stuff together, dealing with a major issue. Um, but you know, obviously succeeding in life and then succeeding in your hobby, but you know, just doing really well. Um, yeah. I mean, thanks so much for coming on and, uh, you know, most importantly, I hope you get this figured out and please stay in touch with me on it. I'd love to hear the progress of it and, um, obviously good luck in Nice and I'm sure I will see you along the the race circuit this summer and hopefully at some practices too. So thank you so much much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of trust the process. If you have a question on anything related to triathlon, please send me an email at mike at d3multisport.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make it a great day.